Let us pray. Speak to us now, O Lord, we pray. Speak to our souls today. For this is why we've come, dear Lord. We're ready for your word. Your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. Heaven and earth will pass, but God, your word will forever last. Lord, we are ready for your word. Father, bless as your word goes forth. Let it find fertile ground in the hearts and minds of your people that we would be more than just hearers of your word. Help us to become doers as well. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, everybody, pull out your smartphone. Pull out your smartphone. And you're going to text to 22333. The word good hope, one word, so we can lock you into the system. And the question today is, what's the worst thing to lose? What's the worst thing to lose? 22333, text the word good hope, and then answer the question. Just text your answer after that. What's the worst thing to lose? Faith, family, mind, yourself, God's presence, confidence, love, see grandparents, money. Seems like faith is the number one answer for this crowd. So according to a survey, I want to give you the seven top worst things to lose. Seven worst things to lose. No particular order. Number one, children. Although some of you may want to lose them. Number two, your mind. Number three, your wallet or your purse. Uh, number four, your keys. Number five, telephone. Number six, I didn't see this up on there, remote control. <laughs> and number seven, eyeglasses or your contact lenses. Now that last one is, is really, really hard because when you lose your glasses, if you can't see without your glasses... How are you going to find your glasses when you can't see, right? Like, I keep an extra pair of glasses now somewhere where I know they are, so when I lose the pair I've been wearing, I can put on a pair so I can find the pair that I'm looking for. Now, there's one thing I've learned about looking for something that you've lost of something that you've misplaced. And, and it's real simple, and I think everybody will agree with this statement. If you don't look where the item or object is, you won't find it. No, I mean, I, mean, I know it's simple, but listen, you can tear the house up, tear your car up, 
You can do whatever you want to do, but if you don't look where the item is, you won't find it. And my brothers and sisters, that's important for us today because there are a number of you in here who are searching and looking for something and you really haven't found it yet. Somebody in here, you've been searching for happiness. Somebody in here, you've been searching for love. Somebody, you've been searching for peace of mind. Somebody, you've been looking for that get-rich-quick plan. And no matter how hard you have looked and how much money you have spent and how many relationships you have tried, you have not found it yet. And part of the reason is because of what you're looking for But the other part of the reason is where you've been looking. Today, for a few moments, this Resurrection Sunday, I want to talk to you from the thought how to find what you're searching for. How to find what you're searching for. Now, there's an assumption in this message, and the assumption is you are searching for something. The question is, have you found it, and have you found it in a sustainable form? For those of you in the sanctuary and those of you who are in the overflow, if you have your outlines, would you say amen? Amen. If you need an outline, raise your hand and the ushers will get one to you. Three things I want you to see today that I hope and pray will give you some insight, some encouragement as you continue to search what you've been looking for. Here's the first thing. Number one. Number one, you need to realize everybody is searching for something meaningful in life. Everybody is searching for something meaningful in life. Everybody doesn't know how to articulate it. Everybody doesn't know where to look. And many times people don't know what they're looking for, but they know they want something meaningful in life. Look at Luke chapter 24, beginning at verse 1. The New Living Translation reads, But very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed, in dazzling robes. These women went to the tomb to fulfill the burial tradition of the Jews of anointing the body with spices. They went looking for the body of Jesus, but it was nowhere to be found. My brothers and sisters, I've learned in life that many people don't find what they're looking for For one of several reasons. Sometimes we're looking for the right thing in the wrong place. Sometimes we're looking for the wrong thing in the right place. Sometimes we're looking for the wrong thing in the wrong place. And whenever we are off track in any one of those areas, we will not find what God wants us to find. We will not find what is best for our life. Have you ever looked for something and couldn't find it no matter how hard you tried? And then while you were looking for something else, you found that thing later on? Right? All it took for you was 
to look in a certain place and then you would find what you were looking for. Too many of us are not looking for the right thing and we're not looking in the right place. Now, I know what some of you are asking. Well, what should I be looking for? Well, let me tell you what most people are searching for. Look at A. You're searching for love. You're searching for love. Love is a basic desire that we all have. And we desperately want to be loved. We want that unconditional love. We want that it'll make you better than you are right now love. We want love so bad that we'll accept bad love over no love. We want love so bad we will submit ourselves in many instances to dysfunctional and abusive relationships rather than be by ourselves. That's how much we want love. As a matter of fact, we'll allow some things to be called love that are not even love. Just to make us feel like we're being loved. We're searching for love. And one of the reasons we can't really love ourselves is because love has been so misdefined for us. Because in most instances, the love that we have received in our lives are are the loves that are conditional. I will love you if you do this. I will love you if you do that. And even if you do that, I may not love you anyway. We're searching for love. But look at B. You're searching for community to satisfy the need to belong. All of us have this need to belong. To identify with something. When you're young and you find a group to belong to and it's inappropriate, it's called a gang. When you get older and you define it as appropriate, you call it a fraternity or sorority. But the same need is met. The need to belong the need to be part of something bigger than yourself. And we're all searching for it. Look at C. You're searching for value and purpose. Every one of us will come to a place in life, hopefully not too late, where you will be searching for value and purpose in life. And can I tell you what happens? To the overwhelming majority of us, we spend the early years of our lives seeking the stuff that doesn't matter. Only to discover later in life, none of that stuff really gives us value or purpose. We seek the cars, the cash, the commodities, the creature comforts. We want the fine homes and the big cars. We want all of that stuff. And what we don't realize is none of that fills the emptiness or the void inside of us until it's too late. And then like my old pastor would say, we climb the ladder of success and get all the way to the top only to discover it's been leaning against the wrong building the whole time. Look at Amos chapter 5 verse 4. The Lord says, 
this to the nation of Israel. Come looking for me and live. Because our value, our purpose, our worth, love and belonging will never come by acquiring possessions on the outside. It's only when we get right on the inside. When we have an anchor to our lives that our lives begin to make sense. Here's the second thing. Number two. You must realize looking for the right thing does not matter if you are looking in the wrong place. Looking for the right thing does not matter if you are looking in the wrong place. Luke chapter 24, beginning at verse 5. The women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here He is risen from the dead. How many times have you torn up the house, torn up a room, torn up your car looking for something and couldn't find it? How many times did you blame somebody else for moving it? Because you know exactly where you left it. Or maybe accuse somebody of stealing it, even if you didn't say it out loud, you said it in your mind because you know you can't trust them family members who were just over at the house and left and you had it right there and now you can't find it after they're gone. You don't have to say amen, I know I'm right. These women went to the tomb and they were looking for Jesus. But they were looking for a dead Jesus, not a risen Savior. They were looking for the right person, but they were looking in the wrong place. And my brothers and sisters, let me put a quarter in the meter and park right here for a second. Because somebody in here, your problem is you are looking for living things in dead places. Kind of like the fellow I ran into. Was telling me nobody could tell him anything about marriage because he had been married five times. <laughs> Can't nobody tell me anything about a woman. Can't tell me nothing about a woman. And I'm looking at him saying, obviously nobody has <laughs> told you or taught you anything, right? Then the question is asked, where have you been looking for women? Where have you been finding these women? Like, that's the place all men need to stay away from. If that's where you've been, where have you been going? Right? And I submit to you that it's, it's kind of hard to find godliness in ungodly places. You follow what I'm saying? Like, like when you go to a place that's the opposite of what you're looking for, then how you get upset when you find the opposite of what you want? And then you're going to marry hoping you can change what you found into what you want. When you should have found what you wanted in the first place. These women came to the tomb not to verify the resurrection, but to participate in a burial ceremony. They didn't come looking for Jesus. They didn't come looking for the risen Lord, right? They came for a whole nother reason. 
And my brothers and my sisters, you got to make sure whatever it is that you're looking for, that you're looking in the right place. If the only place you try to find happiness is at happy hour, you're not going to find much happiness and it won't last much longer past happy hour. If you're looking for love in temporary relationships that change often, you won't find true love. The challenge before you is, what are you looking for and are you willing to look for what you really want in the place that you can find it? Look at Matthew chapter 6, beginning at verse 19. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. See, if you're searching for and seeking after the stuff and trying to build your life on the things that are temporary in this world that won't last, then whatever value you get from them won't last. Here's the third and final thing. Number three, you need to know you can only find what you're searching for if you look in the right place. You can only find what you're searching for if you look in the right place. I know it's real simple, but look at what the Bible says. Luke chapter 24, beginning at verse 6. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and that he would rise again on the third day. Then they remembered that he had said this. So they rushed back from the tomb to tell his 11 disciples and everyone else what had happened. No matter what has happened in your life, you can still find what you're looking for. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. You're saying, wait a minute, preacher, you don't know my life. You don't know what I've been through, and you don't know where I am right now. I submit to you that you can still find what you're looking for because what you're really looking for can never be found in people. It will have to be found in God. As a matter of fact, some of the frustrations that you had in your life with people who have let you down has really been a failure on your part to put your total faith and trust in God. And what people have shown you is that they are not God. Amen. The folk that you thought would never let you down, the folk that you thought would never disappoint you, the folk that you thought would always be there, those are God-like characteristics that you assigned and expected from them. Can I got, I got news for you. You'll let yourself down. You don't need anybody else to let you down in life. You'll let yourself down. You don't need anybody else to lie to you. You will lie to yourself. The only place you will find what you truly need is in God. Look at A. Only God can meet your need for love. I'm talking about true, unconditional love. Look at John 3, 16 and 17. Let's read it together. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. First John 4.10, this is real love. Everybody say real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Real love. Unconditional love. A love that loves you at your worst and will love you until you become your best. There's no greater love than a love that makes you better. And that's the love that God has for you. And there's nothing you can do to make God love you more. There's nothing you can do to make God love you less. God loves you. And I submit to you, my brothers and sisters, all of the fake love you've been dealing with all your life pales in comparison to the real love that God has made available to you. Look at B. Only God can meet your need to belong. Only God can meet your need to belong. John chapter 1, beginning at verse 11, he came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth, resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19, let's read it together. So now, you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Now listen to me carefully because I need to dispel a crazy rumor that's going around. Everybody in the world is not a child of God. We are all God's creation, but we are not all his children. John 1 says, to those who believe and accept it, he gave the right to become children of God. It is on the other side of the new birth. Jesus said to Nicodemus, the first time you were born, you were born of water. But this time, you need to be born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to Jesus, how can I go back in my mother's womb? He says, no, you're missing it. You're misunderstanding it. For you to be born again now is a commitment that you make as an adult, not a consequence by chance that happens as an infant. You make a decision to say yes to the Lord. You make a decision to become part of God's family, to belong to the family of God. Listen, unlike your family, God's family is a family you enter into by choice. Your family is by chance. You had nothing to do with the crazy folk that are in your family. None of, look, some of you look in the mirror, you say, I don't even know if I'm in this family. Did I, was I adopted? How did I get in this crazy family, right? I'm the only one in this family with any sense. Now, you know the other ones say the same thing about you, but that's another sermon for another time, right? 
But you don't choose your family. Your family comes by chance, but you choose to be part of the family of God. And that's the greatest family you can be in. Look at C. Only God can meet your need for value and purpose. Only God can meet your need for value and purpose. What value do you have? What is your purpose for existing? Other than God, there is no purpose that is near as meaningful because his purpose for your life is the only purpose that will, watch this, work in time and transfer into eternity. It's the only value and purpose where God says, I will take you and give you value beyond yourself. I will give you a value so great it will outlive you. When your legacy is tuned to my will, I will give you a value that will transmit into eternity. Look at Matthew chapter 10, beginning at verse 28. Don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They cannot touch your soul. Fear only God who can destroy both soul and body in hell. What is the price of two sparrows? One copper coin. But not a single sparrow can fall to the ground without your father knowing it. And the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of of sparrows Acts eleven twenty three. let's read it together and when he came and had seen the grace of God he was glad and encouraged them all that with purpose of heart they should continue with the Lord listen to me carefully you're looking for money God says I want to give you meaning you want prosperity God says I want to give you purpose you want happiness. God says, no, I want to give you joy. You want perfection. God says, no, I have acceptance for you. You want religion. God says, no, it's not about religion. I want to give you a relationship. A relationship that says, I died for you. A relationship that says, I love you. A relationship that says, you belong to me. A relationship that says, I'm going to watch out for you. A relationship that says, I'm going to make something beautiful out of your life. The same power that rolled the stone away is the same power that can live in you today. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that can raise you to life everlasting. That's why we celebrate the resurrection. Because the same power that raised him is the same power. That can raise you. And there's somebody in here, if they wasn't ashamed, they could testify to how far God has brought them. See, it's kind of hard to tell based on how we look, because saint and sinner look good today. Yeah, we, we all got on our hats and our dresses and patent leather shoes and pink ribbons. Everybody looks good today. But I can testify for myself. I was covered in sin and shame. But grace and mercy called my name. 
And I can testify that it was nobody but the Lord who brought me where I am right now. Have I got a witness in here anywhere? Anybody understand that's why God sent his son? That's why he sent Jesus to die for you? The song said God sent his son. They called him Jesus. He came to love, heal, and forgive. He lived and died to buy my pardon. An empty grave is there to prove my Savior lives. Somebody said, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future. And life is worth the living just because he lived. Anybody glad he got up on Sunday morning? save the power to heal the power to deliver the power to make a way yes yes I know he's alright <laughs> we shout on this Sunday because this is Victory Sunday. Victory over death. Victory over the grave. Victory over the power of sin. Victory over the penalty of sin. And one day, victory over the presence of sin. Because of what God has done for us. Father, we bless you today. And we thank you for being with us for what you have provided for us. God, I pray right now that somebody who is searching, who has searched in all of the wrong places, looking for the right thing, looking for peace, looking for love, looking for happiness, but God, they've been looking for the right thing in the wrong place. Help them, God, today to decide to look in the cross to find it at the cross where we first saw the light. We bless you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.